0: Hello. Welcome to episode 33 of Risk and Reward, the golf podcast from Winning Edge Investments that helps keep you on the right side of the betting ledger. I'm Rod Murray. Good to have you company on a pretty special episode. We come to you from the rehab hospital where our expert tipster, John Evans, is busy getting acquainted with his new hip. That process is coming along well. Luckily for us, it also means that he's had plenty of time for looking at the markets this week to study what is going on in what is One of golf's biggest weeks. Not only will I bring Jay in in just a moment, but we'll talk all things Players' Championship, as well as the South African Ladies' Open, two pretty disparate tournaments, it has to be said. There's a golf between those two events. Before that, though, we must tip our hat to Winning Edge Investments, for of the best sports and racing advice and education that ensures you bet with your head and not your heart. Apart from golf, Winning Edge is home to some of the best-known racing industry newsletters. More than just tips, they offer education and advice about all aspects of the racing industry and betting. Head to winningedgeinvestments.com, have a poke around, and I'm certain if you've got an interest in that sort of thing, you'll find it both interesting and, if you're sensible, profitable. Speaking of profitable, JE's champing at the bit to jump in this week, and with good reason, I must say, but I'll just get you to hang on for a moment, JE. There's one more bit of administration to take care of. While you're at Winning Edge, head to the golf newsletter, sign up to receive all of JE's tips each week, and not only will you get 25% off just for being a podcast listener. But if you sign up for three or 12 months, you get that Winning Edge profit guarantee, which really is quite remarkable. Check all that out at winningedgeinvestments.com. All right, let's get to last week's results, this week's tips. And to do that, we finally need to introduce the man of the moment. John Evans, Jay, we're sitting in a hospital room here. Uh, you're in good spirits, not only because your hip's obviously feeling better, but you had a pretty good week last week as well.
1: Hello, and uh, tell the punters what's going on. Well, thank you, Rod. Um, we did have a great week last week. Uh, we could have found the winner um, in uh, a couple of a couple of the events we were very close and uh, but our top 20 and top 40 bets both made a substantial profit um, I think possibly our biggest profit ever uh, from their side bets uh, due to uh, tipping uh, Marcus Armitage eleven dollars uh Top 20 um, and uh, numerous other people, too numerous to mention, Rod. Um, a little bit like Golf Jay. it strikes me that this this sort of betting
0: journey that you're on, it was just a couple of weeks ago you were saying to me, oh, these top 20 and top 40, I'm not sure about it without a bad run. Things aren't going great. I'm, I might think about dropping off them and here we are just two weeks later and it's been uh, particularly profitable. It's a funny old game, isn't it? They're well, both well, funny old games.
1: Well, in actual fact, right, I I was seriously considering um, just going back to the what what had been a, a, a very successful winning formula for us of finding uh, long price winners $500, five hundred seven hundred eight hundred a thousand dollar winners, um, and and albeit that there weren't as many bets, um, they, our success rate had been phenomenal. So I sent a message out uh through our system which is incredibly uh quick and speedy and I said to the subscribers look um what do you think do you think I should persist with the top 20 and the top 40 from your perspective and I got to, um, immediately I got three replies back saying oh yeah yeah keep doing that we we um we're actually winning at it um sometimes we don't take your advice but we we take the tips <laughs> and And your tips are keep producing uh these long priced uh place getters and some one time we even backed one of your places to win. And I thought oh terrific okay they're not smarter than I am, so I decided to continue with it and and the very next week we uh, we got up Robbie uh Shelton at seventeen dollars and uh uh and then next week we've had uh, we've had a similar experience with uh i think we got three top twenties and uh, one top 40 tip got up and uh, at, at the big odds we, we, we recommend and, a, and as a result uh, two hugely profitable weeks despite not tipping the winner. Yeah, and
0: so to put it in perspective it can be easy to lose track of this, particularly those that might be a bit new at it. You, we look at the winner's tips that you're, you're giving, and there's $1,000 and $700 and $500 chances, and then you look at the top twenty ones, and it's $17, and it sort of sounds really short. If you backed a horse to win at $17, JE and it got up, you would be over the moon, wouldn't you? They are outrageous odds in terms of general betting.
1: Well, this week is even uh, more exciting, I think, for the perspective of those people who follow those uh, the top 20 and top 40 picks, because the market has determined, and they may well be correct. Uh, my, my first gut feeling of this week was that a favourite is likely to win. You're talking uh, about the players here? The... I'm talking about the players who one would, rec- rec- you know, uh, accept that probably are a big chance. People like Rory and uh, DJ and uh, Fowler and Leishman guys who are in form, and, uh, and, but they're very, very short. And what that's meant is because there's about 25 of them who are under 51, the rest of the market – and a market's always developed to 100%. So once you get to 100%, the market in effect discounts the possibility of all the other 100 players. Mm -hmm. So as a result, um, I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I've got 11 players that I've picked – that are greater than eleven dollars to run in the top twenty. Now, that's uh, ma- mathematically that doesn't sound right to the ear in well, a golf tournament, does you, it? I mean, it's it's still there. There's still the element of lottery in in in, in betting on golf. Obviously, it's it's uh, you know we we see uh, favorite get up uh, when Tiger plays, he would have won as a favorite numerous times. Rory's got up as a favorite. Uh, So those days, we can't win on our long prize chips, obviously. But the the top 20 players, you'll inevitably find two or three that are unfancied. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last week, we got Scotty Brown. uh, We got Charlie Hoffman at $8.80. Um, that's ridiculous. Other guys, well, Charlie Hoffman, <laughs> for, for, Charlie Hoffman. For a ball striker of his capabilities at this golf course, that's madness, isn't it? Charlie Hoffman's $11.50 this week, so he's not one of our give a, uh, podcast tips, but I can assure you that he, he's, he's worth having something on because I've backed him about four times and he's got up every time at big odds. So the market tends to discount the guys who who are not winning regularly and consequently that's where the opportunity lies for people like us who, if you might say, are uh, counter-cyclical punters. So I think this is when I thought before I started this week that it would be a week in which I would be having very few tips and be quite happy with with, uh, almost having a rest period. I was forced by the market to actually have a bigger go than normal
0: part of the reason those bigger names are the bigger names is because we know they lift for the biggest events. And this is one of the five biggest events. We may or may not get into the discussion about whether or not it's a major at some point. It's kind of... I hope we don't. Well, it's halfway there, I think, (laughs) whether you like it or not these last few years. So you can understand why the bookies might be tentative in in that way, can't you? But at this particular course and this particular tournament, it has thrown up winners as diverse as Fred Funk and Greg Norman. You could not get further apart on the scale of golfers and style of play than those two, could you? And we see it happen here often. So in a funny way, this is a real tournament for
1: the long shots. Well, I get you, I get that, but you also failed to mention Craig Perks. Craig Perks, of course. Craig Perks didn't win another event on the U.S. tour. And he came he never out a chip like that again, did he? Wouldn't he, he hole well, out three he, times in the three, last three miles from off the green? He, he did, but he came from Palmerston North. Craig Perks. He had a bit of a checkered. He, he, he had elements of Patrick Reed about him at one stage, but you got to say, well done to him because he's carving out. I think he's one of the better commentators out he's there. He's a good analyst, isn't he? I like him. You're he's right. well. He, he's easy to listen to. Um, and, you know, as you know, Rod, Kiwis aren't that easy to listen to in most cases, but he is easy to listen to, and he, he's very uh, observant. He's, he doesn't um, – he lets the picture tell the story, so he, he does a good job at the commentary. And you've got to admire the fact that if they do make this a major, um, he's going to finish up with one major in his career. Um, and as you say, the it is likely that, that McElroy – will finally win, um, although you've got to start to be very suspicious about it. He, he's almost an updated version of Charles Howell III. He, he, he gets himself into phenomenal winning positions and he finds a way to get out of where he can't win. And I, I find that intriguing because...
0: What do you reckon it is, Jay? I mean, he's clearly got all the talent in the world. You've only got to watch him play. A non-golfer would watch a lineup of golfers and pick Rory as the best of them. It, He's got more talent in his pinky finger than most people who play professional golf are born with. And yet, for his extraordinary consistency in the last couple of years, he hasn't been a prolific winner. Earlier in his career, he was probably more inconsistent win or missed cut. Now he seems to be more, well, he top tens just about every tournament that he plays in which means you've had a chance to win most times if you're in the top 10, but it just doesn't seem to close off. What are the shots that you see?
1: Is it, is it a physical or is it a mental thing, do you reckon, with Rory? Well, I think it's all mental. When he, well, no, I think, no, that's not probably not the way I do see it. I see the first part of it as mental. When he was a young guy and he came out on the tour with huge expectations, not quite Tiger-like but not far away, he was very dodgy on a three-footer, very dodgy. And I thought to myself, this thing is going to come and bite this kid somewhere. And he went along, and he, I think he had quite a bit of uh, psychological help. And he's resolved the three-foot issue. He doesn't miss very many of them now. But he but he misses – he doesn't hold very many putts um, from 15 to 20 feet that perhaps you need to do at this level to, to win these events. But I come back to this as the real reason I think is – is mechanical. In order to be as long as he is at at five foot eight or nine, and you know eight or nine stone, ringing wet, um, you have to have a lot of levers, and you have to have a lot of a lot of leverage, and a lot of movement. And the very thing that makes him such a long driver, I think, means that he's far far less accurate with his pitching clubs. If you ever look at the great pitchers, um, Sevi was a bit different. Seve had a lot of movement, but Sevi had a touch of genius as well. But if you look at guys like… Um, Stricker
0: comes to mind. Stricker's
1: a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Daly. guy that's won the British Open and the… Uh, um, Marco Mira. Well, O'Meara was very good. Day uh, is a very now. Jason Day's, in my view, is his model. But there was one other guy that I was thinking about. Uh, Zach, Zach Johnson. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Zach Johnson. Uh, those guys have a one lever pitching and chipping technique, which is which which goes back to a guy called Paul Runyon who who came out with the Runyon method, which was basically uh, a one lever system, so that you. You set the club up on the ground with your arm extended and you kept the relationship between your arm and the club face consistent without any wrist cock. Now, Jason Day has obviously been taught that by Colin, um, Swanton. Colin Swanton. And uh, he's a fantastic example of what you can do. He's got leverage in his long swing but he's got zero leverage in his shorter swings. Now
0: it looks mechanical around the greens, doesn't it? But it's not. He plays the most beautifully creative shots when he's playing well around the greens. Beautiful little flighted shots with controlled spin and controlled
1: trajectory. Which Certainly uh, doesn't look awkward to me, I can assure you of that. But <laughs> but, uh, but but he that's that to me is the explanation of you see Rory, he's hitting a wedge more often than anybody, a gap wedge. Uh, you know, I I think personally that if if I was playing from where he was, I could beat him. You know, i certainly get closer than him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of players that feel that because he misses the flag by 40, 50 feet regularly, left left particularly. Um, and I think that's a technical issue. So I, I've thought about this the last couple of weeks is what would he do? And I think the Jason Day method where you – have a restricted length of backswing, you have a zero wrist cock if you can avoid it and a nice follow-through, and all of a sudden the ball can't go crooked. You, 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 the face isn't actually coming in shut or open. So that to me is where those problems are arising. And I still think there's that little weakness with his putter that where he holds a lot of putts when he's going well, but when he's under pressure, he doesn't make quite as many.
0: I agree with you, but I think whilst it shows up very obviously with the putter, I think it's really Rory's personality. When he's good, he's almost unbeatable, and when he's not, he beats himself. I think that's absolutely and, right. And you can almost see it by the way he walks. People watch Rory closely. And you'll get plenty of chances to look at him. If he gets it going this week and he's confident, watch his gait. He starts to bounce like a kid almost, like a teenager who's got too much energy and needs to get to the next destination immediately. He's in a hurry to get there. And when he gets like that, he plays the most amazing free-flowing golf. But there are other times when you look at Rory, and you can tell from looking at him, it's not going particularly well. And it's not that he's not trying, but he just seems to be wired in a way where his emotions really kind of drive the results. And when he's, it, it, as a spectator, it's absolutely worth it because the times when he's good – I don't think we've seen anybody even close to as exciting as Rory since Tiger. He is by far and away the most entertaining of the golfers to watch, for mine.
1: Well, well, when he won those you know, major tournaments by 7, eight, ten shots, he was phenomenal. But I often watch his body language, and to me, he looks like a kid who's had his toys pinched sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, look, it's easy to look at blokes with
0: lots of money, which he's got, and think everything must be simple. But we know things aren't that simple, don't we? Making money and having a lot of money brings with it its own separate sets of problems to not having any money. Now, they're preferable problems, but it doesn't mean that life's all fantastic, smooth sailing. Some have made the mistake in the past of giving the responsibility for the money over to others, and we've seen that backfire to lots of athletes over the years. Nicholas. So he can't just ignore it and go, look, you look after the money. and don't. He, He's got to think about all of that as well as the golf. And so whilst life is easier in lots of ways. It's not without its difficulties. He's got a wife. He's got a couple of houses to worry about. More cars than you and I to worry about. When the engine light comes on in my car, at least there's only one I've got to worry about. Sure, I don't have a spare, but I've still got to worry about it. So it's and I feel like Rory's more human in a lot of ways. You particularly the last couple of years, you've seen him in the press. He's been fantastic this week at the players. He's had a couple of great lines in the press the press conference there. He's taken all that responsibility of of, of speaking against the golf Premier League Which has probably not gone down with a lot of Well with his, a lot of his contemporaries Who stand to make an enormous amount of money out of it So there's other things at play Aside from just the golf So I suspect the golf course is a real sanctuary for Rory He looks forward to the moment When he can just put the peg in the ground And forget about all that And go back to the whole reason he does all this Which is to play golf And when it's good He's like a kid again
1: he does manage that side of the things a lot better than most people, I yeah. think. I don't. I don't think he's. He's, he's certainly not as structured as uh, as a lot of those guys with uh, IMG behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he took control. But I must he tell done. you Rod, Is I, I I don't. I had a Rolls Royce for a while and a, and a uh, twenty-one room mansion, and I can tell you what. I had a lot of problems in. Yeah. And uh, I, don't have, I don't have either of those things now, and I've got a lot less problems. That's right. I've got to worry about a hip and walking down of the walking down a few stairs every day. Yep. So yeah, I th- and I think the issue that he took on taking on the Premier Golf League the other day was a bold step because I don't. It doesn't seem to me like it's going to get any traction. But what he did by coming out like that was destroy the opportunities for the other players to negotiate a better deal for them wherever they are now. Look, you, you can have all sorts of theories about whether it's a good thing or not for golf, but I like
0: the fact that the stance he ultimately took was an ethical one, which said, I don't like where the money's coming from. Saudi Arabia's paying for it, and I don't like that, that aspect of it as much as anything else. And I think good luck to him for that, because um, he doesn't need the money. None of them need the money. The, the crazy thing about the Golf Premier League, J.E., is it's going <laughs> it's only going to help the segment of golf that needs no help at all.
1: (laughs) I think there's a problem with that attitude, you know. I'm going to explain it to you. you. The Saudi one. I'm going to explain it to you in this way. The dollar, the note, has no morality because it's passed through many hands and they could be the hands of a crook. They could be the hands of Mother Teresa. Um, Or both, in fact. Well, uh, it's every possibility that all uh, areas of... um, all the part of the spectrum might have all had a hand with it but so money my view is this is the the players are entitled to earn as much money as they can mm-hmm. the 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 professional golf is in, is in fact the 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 rarest of rare capitalism uh in 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 in, in, in 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 absolute certainty, um, tennis players they go along and they uh, they get paid to be there. They get paid accommodation. They uh, they quite often, uh, almost all of them, run a pretty easy life. Golf pros, you've got the very positive side of of uh, six or seven Ferraris for Ian Poulter, and you've got the very negative side of a guy like. Um, uh, Bill Rogers, who won uh, two or three majors, finishing up as a club pro, you know. So, so you there's there's a there's an element in professional golf of of um, um, extreme sticks and extreme carrots. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem with them earning whatever they can get for doing whatever they can and paying and whoever pays the piper, take it because the the only have a look. At, I guess the best example is. Um, Michael Schumacher Michael Schumacher at one stage he's, he's the greatest Racing driver Of all time Now he's a vegetable We think He's got nothing He's, he's got to survive On all the money That he created And he's got A terrible life Um So to me, I don't have a problem with the morality of where the money comes from. It's got to come from somewhere. What about the intent? All all money's
0: tainted. Okay, so two points there. No question. Look at the purse of any PGA Tour event. You wouldn't have to dig too far to find a company that's got something shady going on in the background and questionable morals that are providing it. However, the only point I would make is this. There is no question that 100% the intent of Saudi Arabia with sponsoring the Golf Premier League is not to do anything for golf or even for entertainment. It is to to Im- improve their image in the broader world. Just right. no job, exactly. And so the intent, more so than the dollars themselves, is a problem that I that I think I, I, I admire Rory for standing up and saying so.
1: Well, um, you've, you've... and lots will, and,
0: and some won't, but I do. I think that's well. Good
1: on the, him. Some of the girls have done the same thing, and 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 I, I applaud them for their moral well, stance. They, they can't afford it. The girls, yeah, well, they, <laughs> well they we have. some of them have, some of them have, and, and I applaud them for their moral stance. They're, they're being true to themselves. Um, I mean, as you say, travelers' insurance, No oh, well, insurance, uh, well, hello, <laughs> the insurance uh, industry, <laughs> you know, um, Walmart, uh, exactly. you say the big problem is is that you that is, is that with us, the tour has got a system where by dint of. It being a charitable organisation, and an enormous sums are going to charity, and you only have to watch uh, the memorial tournament and see the amount of money that Jack Nicklaus has uh, generated for um, for children's hospitals to know that there is some very very good things that come oh, out of no, that particular system. No question. And uh, and and uh, could we have the same thing without all these other issues? Probably not. So you've got to, to a degree, I think, be. Be rational enough to say, um, is there a line you can draw? I mean, can you, we we drew the line with a part eight. Um, New Zealand wouldn't play against them. New Zealand wouldn't send a team that didn't contain Maoris to, to uh, South Africa, and they effectively stopped the part eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so there perhaps is a line. Where's that line?
0: It's a personal line, isn't
1: it? Maybe it is, and and maybe it is. Maybe it is. Saudi. I mean, who could possibly find the Saudi situation where they murdered the um, and dismembered the uh, the journalist as anything but abhorrent? And um, um, and and the fact is that that the guy who now looks like he's going to get control of Saudi Saudi Arabia might make the rest of them look like little Lord Fauntleroy because he's just about to kill his two brothers and his own, a cousin, so. Maybe we do need to take a stand against Saudi Arabia.
0: I like Huggy's thinking on this, which is I don't know where the line is but I know that Saudi Arabia is on the other side of it. <laughs> which, is a, which is a bit of a cop-out, but I think it makes sense I'd point. probably agree with it. Let's go. We should be a rare thing, I suspect. Let's get back.
1: Huggy and I got on quite fine when I started Huggie, telling I, I was going to get him to do a, a program on the fly, but the fly was terrified of being exposed. He uh,
0: Huggy, yeah, you don't want his, his reputation to go international. That won't be profitable for him. Let's get on. We'll come to the South African ladies after the Players' Championship, I think, because we've already started on the Players' Championship. So... Uh, you were saying that there was some fantastic value odds in amongst the field. Who have you got for podcast? But are you squinting? Why don't you put your glasses on?
1: Uh, no, well, I'm squinting because I've... Because um, you've got to try and read your own handwriting. No, 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 no. Do you want me to no, I've, you got, I've got a few issues with my eyes. I've always had a few issues with my eyes. Now, okay, so the winners, the winners, who, who have I got? You better tell me I've got there because I haven't got it here. Aaron Baddeley and
0: Pat Perez both a $1,000, which just seems an outrage to me.
1: Yeah, well... The thing about it is, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've got a nine of a thousand. Nine players.
0: If you're in yeah. the. F- and now, the players is, and this is the whole point about this fifth major thing, it's the best field in golf all year. These are the 125 most qualified players in, in in any given year. How can any of them be a thousand to one, but alone nine of them?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Of the, I'll tell you the form of these guys. Tyler Duncan. He won in December. That's about, my calculations, that's about three months ago, right?
0: Podcast, Pete, that's a free tip. He wasn't marked to be given away. Well,
1: I'm going to do a bit of this because it's… It's, <laughs> it's, it's your podcast. You can do it's what you Christmas. want. Christmas, yeah. <laughs> yeah fair enough. And, uh, and we got your old mate, the bloke I, that you, you failed to win. Uh, I think the sum that you lost was uh, $4,000, uh, which would have been handy for your podcast business. It I would have. I could have. bought some new microphones fella called Nate Lashley. Yeah. He won… Uh, and he's been impressive since too. He's he's popped his names popped up on the leaderboard quite a bit. He's a thousand dollars. So you think to yourself, well, that's why I was not, I was going to have a bet. And then all of a sudden I thought, just a minute. Um, now the other guys who I tipped well, there for the win. I'm going to play this game
0: too. If you can play this game, I tell you who I think is the best value in this list of nine that you've got here at a thousand dollars is Scott Brown. Who finished runner-up to Adam Scott at the Genesis what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and has played solid since? Started with a 66 last week. So, yeah, 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 That's it. Well, he's not. I, I don't the think only you'll one. win, but no. it, you almost can't afford to not be on him. If they well, we're going to make the Nate Lashley mistake here. You know that, don't you? I'm not going <laughs> to. He's not him. the one. He's, he's gonna, not yeah.
1: the one. I'll he's tell you the, the guy. I'll tell you the guy yeah. that I'm going to throw out here that isn't in my tips. So All I right. think we'll win this tournament. Okay, one out. Sam Ryder. Okay. Why? Form's been unbelievably consistent in the recent big events and uh, just he's just a, he's one of those guys you just say his time is coming. Okay. So so that's so we've named just about everybody. Yeah, I was going to say, is. that's about all the picks. But part. I have got a lot of tips this week. So yeah. so, so uh, subscriber, Steve, is still going to get enormous value by, uh, by paying his. I'm going look tea. at a couple that aren't of 1,000.
0: I've got to tell you, it's almost a bit hard to decide. If you had to pick one, it would be hard. There's some very generous,
1: good value odds. Let's go well, to the top 20. Well, I'll tell you what we'll just go through. The reason yeah. for this is the reason for these big prices at this end of the paddock is because Rory's at eights, DJ's at 25s, Tommy is at 25, Scott's at 30, Schauffele's at 30, Fowler's at 35, Leishman's at 45, Roses at 66, and he hasn't been playing well, but he plays well on this course. Jason Day at 66, the one I thought was the only one of those players who I would consider backing. Mm-hmm. So all of those... And players he's got are, a dud back. All of those <laughs> players are under the odds. He might not get to the first tee, uh, one, one or two rounds. And then you've got Garcia, and, and so on. And then... There's a whole lot of other players that I don't think have got any hope here because of their previous performance at this course. Um, so all of these guys, these are the guys I thought might have had a chance. So you say to yourself, well, wait a minute, all these guys that are under 66 to 1, there's your market. You only have to have 50 guys at um, 50 to 1 and you've got your 100%. So so I just think um, uh, the this this week, which I thought was going to be a very – Uh, parsimonious week as all of a sudden I've become very generous.
0: What drives that, J.E.? Is it the bookies who set the prices or is it the punters who put down the money? Golf of all the sports seems to me that it probably attracts more, this is the wrong term for it, ignorant money than anything else. People back players they've heard of. They don't actually study the game, form, form at the course for the most part and we see it at most of the big events. I mean, they'll install Tiger at five to one for the Masters in August the year before. And he might die in the meantime. Exactly. Is it the bookies that drive that, or is it that ignorant
1: money that forces so it's them? It's a combination. Just in case. It's a combination. Um, the bookies can put up prices early doors, uh, what they call a the pre post market. They can put up the prices and they might bet to 350%, right? Now, 350% odds is a 250% profit for them, right? Because it 100's the hundreds, the the benchmark. So, so. Let's assume you say, right. I think Rory McIlroy is certainly to win the Players Championship, and you, and they've got him at twelve dollars. So you go in and you throw a couple of grand on that, right? Then and all of a sudden his price comes down to ten dollars, and then down to eight, which is what's I'm sure happened here. You he would have a lot of money on him this week, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's exactly what's happened here. Is I don't think he would have been eight to one in the early betting. So, but he, he shortened up, right? So. So what happens is the punters go and they pick and choose and they'll back Leishman because he's been in form. They'll back uh, Tommy because, uh, you know, they they think it's his turn to win. They'll back DJ who's because he's got a phenomenal record at this course. And so all of a sudden the money's going down that end of the park and the rest of the poor sheep out the end there, nobody's got a penny for them. Um, and so they drift out because... The, so in other words... The market is predetermined by Bet Three Six Five, uh, in particular, and other betting agencies as well will probably follow them, and then, from then on, the punter determines the market by the weight of money, and and as you say, the the mug money is the money that follows the crowd because once you follow the crowd. Um, the, there's it's, it's there's, no value. there's no value. You know the value's disappeared. You know the value might have been in a bookie mistake where the bookie says, uh, say Justin Rose. Well, Justin Rose, he hasn't won for a while. He's playing poorly. Uh, we'll put him out 150 to one. Well, you do that. They did that with Kevin Na last week. They came from the clouds to back him. They backed him from 160s into 90s. So. So the market's predetermined in principle by the bookmakers, uh, in particular Bet Three Six Five. They're the largest bookies, um, and then it's uh, it's it's the, they they tend to leave their odds up those guys and just bet because they've got so much value with the prices they've set that they're going to win over a long period of time. So they don't change their prices. Doesn't matter but who wins; they're not going to lose. That's right. Like that's where. Well, I, I tend to bet on Betfair. It's got two advantages. You can bet back if you do get a big result uh, Look in, in prospect. Um, as we discussed with the tear in our eye last week, we had uh, both of the players in the in the playoff and the guy who got beaten a shot all coming down the last hole level um, to win in uh, Oman? Uh, Qatar. Qatar, in Qatar. Yeah, sorry, they're, they're next door to each other. And uh, so at that stage, we've got $1,000 and we've got $350, the winners, the potential winners, Mm -hmm. three guys in it. We could have laid, they would have been $3.50, $2.80, $4. You just lay them, Mm. right?
0: Go make a cup of tea.
1: Don't have a cup of tea. Just so lay them and continue to lay them. Make it a surprise to see how much and you've won when you got. Well, back. you couldn't <laughs> believe it. But what had happened is, if one of them won, you won the stake that you'd got him down to, which might have been say uh, three or four thousand. As it turned out, uh, the other one wins, you win a couple of thousand off him. So you not only win the three and a half thousand off the winner, you win two thousand off the other bloke. So, so that's where betting on Betfair is is such a such a hoot at the end of if if you actually get it right. Yeah, you've just got to get them into contention, don't you? With that's the key
0: to it. You Towards, get them in contention, you can now back them to lose, and it doesn't matter what happens; you're going to win. Get them something.
1: in contention in the last round. Yep. Particularly after the start, if 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 a guy that's twelve to one because they don't think he can win in the start starts birdie birdie, he shoots down from twelve to one to three to one in no time. So so that's where your opportunity lies. And um, um we better move on. We. We've got to keep doing it because it, it, it makes sense. But now we've got a couple of... Top 20. Top 20s. And we've got... I think we, we've got Badley and... um. You've got
0: him in there, but he wasn't marked for Podcast Pete. He's, it is like Christmas for Podcast Pete this week, isn't it? I've got you with Chris
1: Stroud is the one that you've, you've seen. Yeah, well, here. Chris Stroud, he's, he's run 10th uh, and 8th in this tournament in the last six years, and he's $38 for the top... To finish in the top, top 20. 20. So you've got to make the cut and finish in the top. He makes the cut. He he's probably continue. gonna run in the to, in the top forty. Yeah. If he if he moves up to the top twenty, he's thirty eight dollars. That's just. Now, uh, I only need one of my selections to uh, to run into uh, the top twenty, and uh, I make a profit. If two of them run in, I make a huge profit. So at these odds, so so um, Stroud and the other guy, yeah. as I said, was Badley who who. Um, Who's sixteen dollars fifty to run in the top twenty? Yeah, can... yeah I just think that they're ridiculous sides. So yeah, set that set that up by this this very short price market yeah. at the bottom of the yeah. It's a very skewed package, and you've got two in here, and you've got two here listed for the top
0: forty as well. This is the one that you started to double with a couple of months ago. Top forties, and I've got to say, these look well. Basically, if you make the cut, how many are making the cut? 60, 65.
1: Sixty-five. So you got to finish in the top two thirds to get a result. Uh, yeah, they're not as good. I put them in just for, for uh, tips for podcast, Pete uh, Perez and Baddeley at 5.6 and 6. Um, uh, but I'll have some more tomorrow morning for subscribers, Steve, Steve, because uh, the prices on the top 40 are the slowest to get going. And uh, I know that there's going to be some, there'll be some that'll be $10, 12 14 for the top 40, which is just ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous odds. Um, for the, remembering that, some of these guys have won on the US tour yeah. in the last six months. Yeah. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Absolutely
0: extraordinary. It just—it—it—it. It, it, it just well, I can only imagine how skewed it would be if Tiger was teeing up. Tiger's not playing this week. His back is still stiff, apparently, so everything is geared towards the Masters for him, so he's decided to take the week off. If he was here, you would see the ignorant money coming out of the woodwork. I, I can recall times when Tiger started at 5-1. to one. A be for a golf tournament, I mean, b- we Tiger'd know he's be- winks in terms of golf, but yeah. five to one is absurd for any player in a golf tournament.
1: Eight to one's absurd. Yeah. Tiger be twenty five to one in this field because everybody is aware that he's a very very dodgy proposition from his from his back perspective. But right, let's go to the South African Ladies Open quickly. I think we've had a, it's been a good discussion about
0: the uh, the players and a bunch of other stuff there. Uh, this one won't garner a whole lot of attention either publicly on television or amongst the minds of golf fans given what's going on in Florida, but there is still a market, there is still betting, and you've found some value. The South African Ladies Open on the Lady to European Tour. Betting on B three six five. I'm going to let you pronounce this name because I have got no idea how it should sound. Yeah, well, the the South African Ladies Open. Um, strong golf tours in South Africa. Both the local yeah. men's and women's tours are well, strong that, tours.
1: Well, there are, and that's that's a very good point you make there. Um, there's a, there's plenty of competition, and 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 I guess people would be aware that South Africa is if it isn't equal with. Um, uh, Australia in terms of um, top performances in top events have probably won more majors than uh, than Australia and, uh, and the players that come out of South Africa, the, the male players anyway, I'm not really in a position where I can judge the female players at this stage but the male players under pressure I think are the best in the world, pound for pound Numbers for numbers You know you, Earl's El, just won his first Over 50 event This weekend You know You not. look at Gary Player isn't I mean Gary Player Got 200% out of his game And and was able to win um, Mentally shoveled the sand A couple of times But however He never mentioned it Gary
0: He's never mentioned His own performance Or no, much About his own he, career He's a very quiet he, Sort of a bloke and
1: Quiet Yeah doesn't say much. He's hey, man. I want to tell you. <laughs> I tell you this is. I got to tell you this story because it's a beautiful story. I I was reading the paper and the I think the Australian Open must have been at um, Kingston Heath. And I don't think I don't think Gary won it. I think I think Chucky Fowler might have won it. But anyway, Gary's interviewed in the paper the the next morning, the the Age, and he, he, he the headline is. Man, I want to tell you, this is the finest golf course I've played in my life, I tell you that, you know. And I'm reading this, and then I go out to play a practice round at the Chrysler Classic at Royal Melbourne, see. So or it might have even been the first round. Anyway, I go around, and I'm sitting down in the clubhouse, and Gary comes up, and he says, oh, boys, he said, uh, you mind if I joined you for a sandwich and a cup of tea? I said, "Yeah, no, Gary, sit down." You know, introduced ourselves. I'd never played with Gary. I'd, I'd I'd watched him when I was growing up, and then I played against him on many occasions, but I'd never talked to him. See, and he sits down and he picks up the pencil on the table, and he says, "Man, I want to <laughs> tell you, this is the <laughs> finest <laughs> pencil I've seen in my life." And I thought I, I pissed myself laughing. I thought, I, I thought. Here is a guy who deals in superlatives. Yeah. Right. And, and it's it's like you know, this is the best you'll get the finest red wine, the whole deal. And so I've always to a degree discounted his opinion as a result.
0: I don't doubt that about player. The story about him that I think resonates with me the most and explains to some extent his extraordinary record, given, as you say, some of his physical limitations. He's only a small bloke, he wasn't anything like Nicholas or Palmer, but He's the guy who the week they're putting on slow greens is in the hotel saying to all the other players, man, I love slow greens. There's nothing better than slow greens on a golf course. And then the next week when they're putting on fast greens, there is nothing I love more than fast greens. And the thing about it is Gary believes it at the moment. At that moment, he believes it. And as you well know, Jay, there's never been a player win a golf tournament hating the golf course he's playing on. It just doesn't happen.
1: Oh, that's a very interesting thing because I remember the Von saying to me one day, we had a game. I used to play the Vaughn used to help me, he used to teach me at Moore Park, but we had a game a couple of times and the Vaughn said to me, he said, What are you doing blaming yourself? He said, Didn't you see that spike mark? Did you miss a putt, you know? He said, This was a spike mark. You yeah, right. can never blame yourself, no. he said. So well, what you got a caddy for? It's 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 their fault, right? <laughs> that's or it's, right. it's it's the fault of the course, the fault of the green, it's never your fault. And oh. don't be, you gotta believe that. Now yeah. Gary Gary Absolutely believes it. He got it, right. Never made a mistake so, in his life. Yeah. It was very interesting watching Gary because um, I think the first time I saw him was about 1969 or 1970, and he was all arms and legs. You know, if you look at Rory, Rory was bigger than Gary, but not a great deal bigger, and and Rory looks like a, a, com- a complete, uh, wonderful, continuously accelerating swing. Gary was all over like a dog's breakfast. He had the big sway. He had a lot of lower body movement. Um, he, the, the club was never pointed at the, you know, parallel to the target at the top. There were a lot of things going on. And you see, the next thing you see him on top of the leaderboard, you know. And so his record's phenomenal. So anyway, that, the reason we got onto this. What's uh, old saying, Jerry,
0: Don't look at the swing. Look at the shots. Well, <laughs> gonna, well, even the shots
1: didn't look right to me. You know, they sort of had this dodgy flight. But anyway... The point I was making, which got us into this long discourse, was that the South African players have got a propensity to win, and genetics being what it is, the girls have probably got it too. So so my tips here are all South African girls, all who've been playing the Sunshine Ladies Tour, and all who've been doing very well, quite surprisingly well. Now, will they turn up? At the south, at the level, the next level up for them Which is the South African Open We don't know But at least we know We've got players in form Who if they can make the step up Are going to be well over the odds And the first one is Nobule Diamini I don't nice. know if that's her name. I don't know if that's her name, but no, there's a collection no of letters problem. on
0: my page here that doesn't not resemble no, what Bool you just Diamini.
1: said. Uh, now, if I'm wrong, and the South Africans can ring me up, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you Rod's number. <laughs> and uh, we've tipped her, and I thought she was phenomenal value in this event. She's got a fantastic record, and uh, she's $276 each way on bet 365. The reason we're betting on bet 365 is because nobody else is betting on it. So we've got a bit there if we want to have a bit. Um, My second uh, tip was a young uh, South African girl called Nicole Garcia who's at $176, and she's also had uh, five top tens out of the last seven starts, uh, hasn't missed a cut, Um, will have to come out and uh, win her own uh, national event. Not an easy task for a young person. And then the third one is, uh, oh, good, terrific. All
0: right, do you want I me think to help it's
1: Benita. Is it Benita? Benita. Yeah, Benita that, Breedenham. I, it's my, that was my writing. Not that I couldn't say it. Benita Breedenham. And I thought Benita was short uh, compared with the other two. I thought she on 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 previously known performance uh, she should have been probably two fifty, but she's a hundred. But I. I wanted to find three girls um, who had a chance in South Africa. I think the girls that are going to be there are South African. The favorite is Ashley Buhai, who, well known to Australian uh, um, golf watchers, she's been out here a few times, and she's played quite well. But I can't She might, see she might that. have
0: won this tournament at the age of 14, if I'm not mistaken, the South African Open. I think you might be right. She, she certainly won a couple of tournaments yeah, no, she has a, won as the, an amateur and as a young. She, yeah, she was, Ashley,
1: she was She's married. Ashley Simon. Yeah, she was Ashley Simon. Yeah, yeah, Good no, player. you're right. Well, well, the question is is there an Ashley Simon, Ashley Buhai amongst the young South African girls? I think there could be. So that's why we've gone. Um, the way there's no top twenty, no top forty betting anywhere, so all we've got is uh, the each way, which is first. Obviously, you get two seventy-five dollars the win for Nabul Damini, and you get sixty-four dollars the place, sixty-four dollars first five. So they're just um, uh, following the normal pattern of trying to find the uh, the new blood and uh, Rod. Um, Let's hope we have another winning week. We had two brilliant weeks in
0: a row. Well, J.E., I've not seen a pep in your step like this for quite some time. You look very happy, very bubbly. You're rosy of cheek. And you're glib of nature. It's fantastic to see. It's been wonderful to catch up with you today, and I'm glad I have got to to finally come and visit you. I didn't get a chance to visit you in the hospital, so nice to come and see that you're looking well and coming along nicely. I like all of those tips you've got in there, including the ones for subscribers, Steve, that the rest can't see. It's been great to chat today, mate. Look forward to catching up next week, where you'll no doubt be rolling around in piles of cash. Always glib, Rod, as you know. (laughs) Episode 33 in the books. We'll be back again next week on Risk and Reward.